0: Hey there, heathens. I'm John, the godless engineer, and I took a left at the valley.
1: Fantastic. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're
2: atheists, you know. We don't have non-astrologers and all that. But
0: with the religious
3: people taking over the world, I mean we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner.
2: I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance, and you just call it faith in us.
1: Coming to you from Abbotsford, BC, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and my girlfriend came to bed in a sexy police uniform and told me I was charged with being good in bed. The charges were later dropped due to lack of evidence. (laughs) (laughs) Joining me as usual is a team who thinks that without women, sex would be a pain in the ass.
4: Hell yeah, but it's a good pain.
1: She was appalled by her weight gain. She was flabbergasted. <laughs> <laughs> there's,
5: a, there's a word to add to your vocabulary.
1: <laughs> and she, she thought she'd give up all hope of having a flat stomach. She abdicated.
4: Hey, Christina. I have a really fucking uh, nice stomach, okay? I know. you
1: barely have a third dimension.
4: My, my ab muscles are rocking.
1: They are. Hello, totally farm work. Ladies, welcome back. Hope you had a great week.
4: It, it has been okay. I miss Kirsten.
1: Yes, Kirsten is uh, bailing out on us this week due to work.
4: Yes, she's on a work trip. She gets to stay in a resort with a king-sized bed.
1: Well, geez, we are jealous. I am. I totally am. Right away. So today we'll be talking to the ladies of forsaking faith.
5: We've been looking forward. Yes. To that for yes. A while.
1: They're coming back, and they're going to talk to us about uh, is the Bible good literature. Mm-hmm. But first, let's do a bit of chit-chat. <sighs> now this is for the listener. Um Blog Talk Radio, which is our main platform and the one that goes to iTunes, is merging with Spreaker. Oh nice. Yeah. So it essentially means that uh I'm gonna have to change all the links on our webpage that usually sends the the, the uh listener to Blog Talk Radio and change them all to Spreaker. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I've got a lot of work ahead of us of me and uh, eventually, in the next couple of weeks, Block Talk. We're just going to get off Block Talk Radio altogether. Our platform is going to be from Spreaker, is going to be a main platform from okay. now on. So, uh, if you're listening via iTunes and you're having a hard time finding the show all of a sudden, my apologies. It's going to take a, some work for me to change all these links and all that, but uh, we'll make sure that uh, you guys. Have what you need to keep on following the show. Yeah, yeah
4: to have our wanna... beautiful voices in your ear. Yeah, we yes. don't want to lose On a any regular of basis. Our listeners, we love you. No, we absolutely. really do, guys.
1: <laughs> okay, especially uh... you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Paul from Australia. <laughs> I've got some uh, awful news. Uh, this week, uh, very suddenly, one of our uh, friends from Canada, um, Deborah McTaggart, one of the hostess from the Beyond the Trailer Park uh passed away suddenly yeah um this this just last last week, as we finished recording and finishing editing the show and all that and boom, she apparently passed away from out of here is uh probably heart attack in her sleep
5: yeah.
1: um our, my our, sincere yeah. condolences to her family
5: absolutely and her
1: listeners and but
5: it's it's a really terrible time
3: for them,
1: yeah, yeah, Deb was uh one of a kind. Uh, she she was fearless in many ways she uh hosted a show she's been on our show a couple of times and uh it's it's a great loss for us and mm. uh we she was supposed to come back on the show f- very soon actually I mean, we there were so many topics she can take on with Deb because she was versed in so many things mm-hmm. and um we tried. Uh, I, I tried to do some. I tried to do a bit of a fundraiser for her. Uh, she was. She was just about to. She just adopted a kid, and she was about to get married. So I tried to do a fundraiser, but it, apparently it went against the wishes of the family. So we cancel that, and you know.
5: Well, everybody tries to do the best that, that they can. Yeah. And, you know, whatever we did, or whatever you did, it was in. It, and hopefully it was in her best interest. But we'll we'll miss her. She was quite a presence. Mm-hmm. And she was a wonderful, wonderful person. And it was great to be able... She was a great conversationalist. Yes, absolutely. Just wonderful. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Uh, they say when, when a person dies, the first thing you forget is their voice. That's the first thing that goes. Uh, the image of them stays in your mind. But the way they sound usually is the first thing to go. So here I'm going to present a, a little clip of Deborah McTaggart, the last time she was on our show. And um, rest in peace, there,
0: it has been a while, but Me- that's all
1: right. Remember that time we brought her on CIVL radio and we had her explain to us what a glory hole was? That was <laughs> hilarious. That was absolutely hilarious. And she totally did! She, she totally did. did! Live on radio, that was great.
0: <laughs> Why wouldn't I? <laughs> I? That would have been so entertaining to watch and to listen to. <laughs> oh, we, we had this hey, l- it's too bad you guys don't have video. I could show you my um, water bottle collection. Oh,
1: God. i Be to ask. (laughs) Deb, uh, for maybe some of our listeners that missed that show with you, maybe you'd be so kind to give us a quick bio as to who you are and what your show is about.
0: Sure. Well, I am one of three uh, co-hosts of our main show, Beyond the Trailer Park. Um, My other two ladies are um, Beth and Morgan. And we get together once a week, and sometimes we have guests, and sometimes we do go ourselves. And we just talk about... Anything that we want to talk about in regards to secularism. It's usually to do a secularism, atheism, um, you know, picking at weird cults or, you know, topical news, whatever we feel like. So uh, sometimes we have a guest to fill in the information. Sometimes we do our own research, but we do a lot of talking.
1: And that was Deborah McTaggart. Um, that's not, that's.
5: Thank you for doing
1: that. No, no problem, yeah, no problem. As she 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 certainly contributed to the show, and uh, we hope that uh, hopefully her show will keep on going. Yeah. With with different hostess. Um, continuing. Um, did you guys hear that? Forty six percent of canines are actually two hundred dollars away from not being able to pay their bills.
5: Considering what happened in the states Mm -hmm. the last 30 days with federal employees, that's really scary.
1: 31% say they don't make enough money. In Saskatchewan and Manitoba, the the residents, 56% uh, need... uh, are near insolvency, essentially. In Alberta, they're at 48%. Ontario and <laughs> Quebec, they're at 46%. So Canadians Obviously, are,
4: something isn't working, guys. Yeah,
1: Canadians, <laughs> Canadians are way overburdened uh, and dead wise. And hopefully, we can resolve that quickly. Um,
4: well, you know, it,
5: it, 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 we're all counseled against getting in debt and people are always reminding us that it's good to live in a frugal way and not Mm -hmm. have any more purchases than you do money to cover it but it's becoming increasingly more difficult because people with children have expenses all the time that they're not thinking of uh, whether it's medical expenses or um, hockey expenses or recreational expenses or brace you know orthodontic there's just so much that takes it then the mm-hmm. car, um, you know, goes out and you have to have something. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's becoming more difficult to live. There's just not enough money left at the end of the month.
3: Yeah,
4: exactly. I, I think a, another massive issue that I know my generation faces is that a lot of people were told, after the baby boomers, were told to go to college.
3: Oh, yes. Because
4: yeah. their and parents... When they went to college, it was $1,000 for four years, mm-hmm. and you could work a summer job to pay it off. And so they got told their kids they had to go to college. Yep. But when their kids went to college, it was $50,000, yep. $100,000, exactly. and they had to take out loans. So especially in Canada, where I believe it's over 50% of our population is educated, like went to after high school education,
3: mm-hmm.
4: like... I'm sure a lot of them needed to take out loans because like, I, I know I'm one of the very few actually got my
1: college paid for. Yeah, we we, we could totally do an entire show just on yeah. the, the the burden for students. Well, yeah.
5: housing costs as well, not oh, to absolutely. get into all the very mm-hmm. problems that cause homelessness, but what we're talking about has definitely yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And
4: added, rent yeah. also in Canada is yeah. insane. I know in in the Fraser Valley alone. If you can find a one-bedroom house under 1000 or one-bedroom apartment under $1,000, you've got it. <laughs> oh, yeah, for
1: sure. Uh, and uh, there, there was this anecdote I'm going to tell real quickly here. Um, I was having a discussion with a, a millennial that just graduated, and uh, he was complaining how... If
4: they just graduated, they're not a millennial.
1: Well, at the time. Okay. <laughs> at the time, okay. And he, he was complaining how, how some, some baby boomers were going to him and telling him, you know, oh, you know... Pick up your boots by your own strap, oh, you I know. know. Go buy a house. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, a million you know, dollars. Stop, stop complaining. I started with nothing, and he said, "You know, I wish I could start with nothing." Mm-hmm. He says, "I'm coming out of school with thirty thousand dollars in debt. Now, if I marry yeah. my sweetheart, she's got thirty thousand dollars in debt. We got sixty thousand dollars in debt. I wish I could start with nothing. I'm starting with yeah. sixty thousand dollars in debt, and I've got no prospect for a job. Mm-hmm. So, if you're one of those people out there, with you know." Cut them some slack because the kids are facing something today that we didn't face. And there's certainly something the boomers certainly didn't face.
4: And also for our international listeners and our American listeners, in Canada, the housing market is still
1: insane. Oh, yeah. Like
4: in the Fraser Valley, you can't find a house, even if it's like a tiny house. Under at least five hundred thousand oh,
1: dollars. yeah, e, right here in Abbotsford, eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, is, is average. Yeah, it's very $800, average. Eight hundred
4: thousand yeah. dollars. Average for maybe a two thousand square million, foot d- house. A million,
1: a million dollars for a house, it's like it's not uncommon around here. Yeah. Which is insane.
4: And then, and then you also have the people telling their kids to save for buying a house, and you're like, that's impossible. <laughs> this is
1: why I live in Lefton Valley Studio with exactly. okay, a four house. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bad news, guys. We are at war. Really? Canada is at war with Norway. With who? Norway.
4: Hi, Norway.
1: What this kind actually, of war? This is actually a war I can get behind.
5: That means there's no more lutefisk.
1: Do you guys ever hear of Mac the Moose?
4: Mac the Moose? No.
5: There is a
1: giant moose statue. <gasps> with moose oh growth. yeah,
4: no. Okay, I know what you're oh, talking oh, about Mac, now. <laughs> Mac
1: the Moose. It's uh, 32 feet tall, and it's in Moose Jaw. Well, Norway decided to build one that's 33 feet tall. Bastards. Oh, we're taking I you down. I believe this.
5: Those us. nasty
4: Norwegians. We need to build, a, like, a f- two-foot squirrel to put on top of the moose. <laughs> there well,
1: you go. Apparently, they, they, they named the, the moose Storlingen, I think, and they built him in, in 2015, and now he's 33 feet tall. He's one <laughs> foot taller make mac great again there's a campaign that started apparently oh, moose job of all God. businesses where they want to get some money together the mayor is behind this and the people the business community they're trying to do a GoFundMe to put some maybe bigger antlers on <laughs> mac the moose and make him 34 <laughs> feet tall oh that's fun <laughs> and this is not the first type of war we've had with norway because there is that story where this disputed island yes is-
3: this, okay
4: that is the best because this, this
1: is how you do a war. Yeah.
4: Be- exactly. for, for our listeners who don't know, there's an island that's a disputed island between us and Norway. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, one, either some, someone from our, each side will go and like plant their flag and leave beer... Well, or is it whiskey?
1: I believe I believe it's Canadian whiskey on our side, I think it's and they leave 50. they leave schnapps. Yeah, yeah. The Norwegian so, leaves schnapps.
4: So we'll leave alcohol for the people who come next. So, then the,
1: <laughs> so we leave whiskey for the Norwegian, and they come and they drink the whiskey. They plant their flag, and then they leave schnapps for yeah. the Canadians. And this, this has been going on for I think over a decade. So oh, yeah. long
3: may it prosper. <laughs> yep.
1: To our American listeners, this is how you go to war. Exactly. <laughs> um. Did you guys hear that apparently there's a trend and doctors are warning women not to put up parsley up their vagina?
4: Oh, I'm sorry. What?
1: Apparently there's an article from the, the magazine Mary Claire that talked about uh, using a parsley-based concoction to bring your your period by softening the cervix.
4: Why would you want to bring on your period?
1: Well, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> is
4: this is this one? Of, what is her name? The actress? The Goop?
5: No, no, it's no, not. Oh, this, oh. This was actually,
1: oh. No, this is not going to pop and Goop. <laughs>
4: okay. No, that's a J. This, this is
1: actually from the magazine <laughs> Mary Claire. Oh, okay. and uh, of course, the, when the doctors came out, I said, "No, this is this is ridiculous. Don't do something like that. Uh, you yeah. can hello, you can have infection. some serious infections uh, that can occur." Then Mary Claire took down the article, but nonetheless, it was out there for a while. Uh. So. Uh,
4: <laughs> don't stick don't. things up your vagina, people. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Unless so the doctor move, told move, you to. Moving, moving right along. Moving right <laughs>
1: along. <laughs> uh, did you guys hear that uh, there are companies at the World Economic Forum, they're thinking of bringing back the Milkman model.
3: Yeah, really. Yeah. yeah.
1: There, there's a there's a platform called Loop uh, where they're, they're thinking of starting for shampoo and laundry detergent where the, you know the old Milkman model where they would actually bring the product to your door. In this instance, the 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 company owned the milk bottles, mm-hmm. but the milk was yours. So you would use the the milk and put the the empties there, and the milkman would come back and take the empties mm-hmm. and give you back some fresh ones. They're thinking of bring this kind of model back for some products to, to encourage recycling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the bottle, yeah, the bottle belongs to the company. The product is actually yours. Uh, the interest from uh, from Nestle, Pepsi, Procter and Gamble, and the goal is to use to have reusable products like that by the year twenty thirty. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, it's actually interesting because um, when I lived in Armstrong in mm-hmm. the Okanagan, there's a milk company that's local that does that actually. But it they you buy milk in glass bottles yes. in the store. And then when you're done with it, you actually bring the milk bottles back, and yes. you get money back for it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then they'll just, they just reuse those milk bottles.
5: Yeah, I, I, th- those kinds of things. Plus, bringing your own container, mm-hmm. you know, would be great. But I remember as a kid in Chicago, it was the Bowman Milk Company, and I, I'm I'm old, old enough to where I don't don 't remember the horse drawn i don 't remember the horse drawn ones um, at the time, but I do remember the uh, the the white milk uh, truck and the bowman milk man mm-hmm. and he 's carrying you know six bottles at a time in in the carrier and putting them on the back porch nice. i mean that was it, it, when you had to buy milk at the store it was what, milk at the store? Milk, you can't, you're not supposed to buy milk. Hmm. Milk's supposed to be delivered. It was so traditional that the Bowman milkman came. You know, with the milk bottles.
1: I'm kind of and curious. I'm, oh, 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 well, they're not talking about doing this with milk yet because I'm kind of curious because at the time you could do that because there was always somebody at the house. Yeah. So the milk didn't stay out there for very long. Yeah. But today, with two people working on, on mm-hmm. the uh, average household, and the house is pretty much empty from 7 a.m. to. Oh,
5: you could put a cooler put a, a cooler out. Then people so, would you know, come steal your ways, milk. There's
4: ways to. Yeah. to people do would that. steal yeah. your milk or your shampoo.
3: Yeah.
5: And it was yeah. great, and some and the and the milk was so rich. I remember that the cream was at the top, yes, so you had the, you had the had the, the, the cream, cream for the your coffee. <laughs> your dad had the cream for his coffee, and then we all had the milk for the cereal. Oh, the good old days! Oh, those were great old days, I tell
1: you.
5: <laughs> and then then we could talk about the Iceman cometh as well, but yes, that makes me too old.
1: <laughs> did you guys hear that China has built the biggest air purifier I in Shanxi Province? I
4: saw they need that. it.
1: <laughs> yes. So this is this thing is this is like a tower. It's 100 meters tall, which is 328 feet for American friends, and it's uh, to tackle smog. The base of the tower has actually a whole bunch of greenhouse systems. And it's about half the size of a soccer field, and it's, uh, it's heated with solar energy. So the heat rises It rises through the tower, and it passes through filters. And actually, it it can improve the air quality over ten square kilometers, which is oh, wow. three point eight six square miles. Um, and apparently, the tower is such a success; it produces ten uh, million cubic meters of clean air a day. How's it doing? It's, it's doing extremely well. To the point that even on heavy smog days, mm-hmm. it reduces the smog.
5: That's fabulous. Considerably. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so this is this is actually very interesting that China is mm-hmm. developing this new technology you know, and something they, that maybe well, we sh- even here we could they had
5: be. to do something. Oh, absolutely. You know, people wearing masks and you know asthma, and illness, you know, due to all of that smog. So that's that, you know, hopefully they can reduce the the smog from being. Manufa- you know, the, the contributing, the- adding new fog. There we go. Smog. Or smog, the, the, yeah. The, thank fog. you. My, it, when my mouth catches up with my brain, yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> but they can they can stop the production of of. Um, Smog, exactly. Know, pollutants, pollutants, that's the word. But until they get there, that's a brilliant solution.
1: Well, China's been making a lot of uh, leaps and bounds into going to the green, green mm-hmm. energy, green field. Yeah. So to the point, they're surpassing the United States easily. Oh, and yeah, the be a,
4: U.S. is like running the opposite direction.
1: Yeah, they're going to be a world leader very soon here on this. So that's going to be very interesting mm-hmm. to keep an eye on. Yeah. All right, my dear Nancy, you got a top ten for us?
5: I do. Let me grab it here. Around the corner, there we go. Um, you guys had made a request last year for a top ten, so I'm honoring your request. You wanted to know about superheroes. Oh, 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 oh. oh and Kirsten's Super not even here. Oh, oh, I, so I, I thought
1: it was a top ten. Uh, Kevin uh, should be dating these women. no that's not that's not the same one right
5: here we go so these are now some of these superheroes I think I know most of them but I'm hoping you'll know all of them so as we go through I might not fill me in Okay. At number, this comes from. So, a can website, I just ask, like,
4: like what is top ten superheroes like famous or like?
5: Fam- these are this. This comes from a uh, website called Comic Vine.
4: And, Ooh, sounds and this fun. This
5: comic book hero. So, this is this one person yep. idea. Yeah, of course, But that's okay. All of my lists are, are either just, an organization. Yeah. So, at, at number ten of the superheroes is the Thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He the is. Thing and um, well, the I rim? actually
4: never read comic books, but I know who the thing is. <laughs> we know who yeah. the thing is.
5: <laughs> so supposedly, um, he. This is a Marvel yes. comics. Yeah.
4: Fantastic Four.
5: And it's one he's of the got, first, actually. Yeah, he's got some powers that are a curse to him mm-hmm. and an appearance. Yeah. So I don't know what that is.
4: You he have, he looks like.
1: He looks like Very he's covered in rock.
4: rock. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. He's like big and looks like he's covered in rock. Which,
1: of course, you know, in in, in the comic book, this is a struggle for him because he can't really have a normal life. He can't mm-hmm. turn it off, so he can't like look human and then be Rockman the next moment. He, it's not like the Hulk Rockman.
4: where oh, okay. you can be Bruce Banner. Yeah. And then you turn into the Hulk. He's always the thing. So, so
1: in in, in the movies adaptation, they made they made look you know like things like picking up a, an object for him becomes difficult. You know, grabbing a spoon because like everything breaks in his hand.
5: Okay. So
1: that's his curse in a way.
5: Okay, mm-hmm. so they say that she says that the reason he makes the list is that he's turned this unfortunate situation into a positive yeah. desire to help others mm-hmm. and that's a truly admirable Absolute. so we
4: we agree that that he ought to be on mm-hmm. the, we love uh, the okay. Okay. okay i'm just making a prediction can i think spider-man's going to be number 1 okay that's oh, a, my that's prediction. A good
5: prediction. Let's see what see what happens as we go. <laughs> Number nine, and this kind of surprised me in, in a way, but I don't keep up with all of this. Is Dick Grayson? Oh <gasps> yeah, yeah you Robin, think? the original
1: Robin that turns yep. into the lightning. original
5: Boy Wonder. Yep. Yeah, And he, I guess, has emerged into his own. Yes. his own character. Yeah, it's,
1: it's a so it's a character we kind of grew up with and kept following. That's the funny thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he evolves over time, which is usually the superhero doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always the, in the same. same way. But th- this guy went through a transformation from yeah. being, you know... There's,
4: there's actually a new TV show on Netflix... Yes, I saw that. Titans. ...called Titans. And it's actually oh, really yeah. good. And one of the main characters is Dick Grayson yes. after he is no longer Robin.
1: A darker... Ah. Version.
4: Yes, he's a much darker version of Robin. So it's the Robin. growth of that character yeah. that's made... And with- him, him realizing that he... He doesn't fully agree with Batman and how Batman does yes, the his stuff.
1: The relationship with Batman is, is what is interesting yeah. about that. Uh,
3: that's
1: because good. he mm-hmm. starts out as protege and uh-huh. then eventually he turns out almost against him. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's drama. So.
5: I guess some characters are good as static characters because they make
4: Superman.
5: You know, they, 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 <laughs> they're, they're reliable. You know who they are and yep. what they're going to do. And other characters are important because they He's, evolve in mm-hmm. some way. So here we've got one that evolves and, Very and much still so. is. Um, according to this list, number nine. So mm-hmm. the evolution has been been a good yes. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, um, number eight, the Martian Manhunter. Oh Ooh. yes.
1: Very un, un, underused.
4: I don't know a lot about him. Cause uh, I've, cause, again, because I'm just going off of TV shows yeah. and movies.
1: But that's, that's what I mean. We don't know a lot about him because he's very underused. I think mm-hmm. it, I think he's a fascinating character in, in himself. We should yeah. use him more. I, think, I mean, he, need, he needs a movie for himself. Yeah, for I think him.
4: the, the medium or the, the show that I saw him most used in was actually Smallville. Oh really? Yeah, he's a he is a large part in Smallville later on in the se- series. Okay, um, and he's a very interesting character in that.
5: Well, the the person that did this list says that, um, according to her, he's a character that's acted as the soul of the Justice League, yep. if not arguably interesting. the DC universe. Itself. Yeah, yeah. I
1: would agree wow! With
4: that. I didn't realize he was that integral to the Justice League.
1: Oh, yeah, and you know what? I, I would even venture that if you look at the uh, the Justice League cartoon, mm-hmm. I, th- I think he's actually stronger than Superman too.
4: Ooh, yeah. interesting.
1: He's got he's got powers that are really yeah. am- amazing.
4: Again, I'm not. I don't know a lot about DC. Cause I'm definitely more Marvel. Well,
5: maybe that's why he's number eight rather than you know further on. Yeah. Yeah. But at least it, it gives a
4: little mm-hmm. homage to. Yeah, um, and he, to- I definitely seems like a character I want to learn more about. Yeah.
5: Number eight. Wonder Woman. Yeah. We find a on the yeah. list here. Okay.
4: So she's awesome. Agree, do you, do yes. We, do we like Wonder Diana Woman? Diana Prince is amazing.
1: Uh, Wonder Woman has been one of those amazing characters because they have done a lot of things with her. There, there are some versions of Wonder Woman where she's the typical Wonder Woman you expect, you know, honorable and and uh, others. And then there are some movies where she's actually quite dark. Yeah. And, you know, And it's like it's the kind of woman you don't want to mess with, you know, well, because was, she will kill you. <laughs>
5: yeah, what was that movie that was out a couple of years ago? Wonder Woman. I mean, that, was, well, yeah. that was a, that was a yeah. Wonder Woman
1: Yeah, movie. played Everybody by loved uh, it. actress, Israeli actress Gal Gadot. I love her. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful woman, too. She looks great.
5: Well, the the, the, the thing about Wonder Woman is that uh, she has a lot of values and motives and a, and a good message. Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, there was the Wonder Woman series that was on yes, years I remember ago. Yes, yeah. It's still on Me TV yeah. <laughs> and on Saturday nights for the yep. kids. And they keep replaying it over and over. What was the name of the actress? Oh, name? God, I, I forget. Linda know. Carter.
1: Yes, that's Linda right. Carter. Linda Carter.
5: Yeah. She, and, and you know, you just wondered what in the heck kept her costume up, you know <laughs> it was like double sided you know it's tape. not gonna slip because of the sensors and the it th- was double sided. But tape. even so it's <laughs> fascinating to watch, you know, everything that she does and that costume doesn't move an inch. I think that's probably what were the Wonder Bra the Wonder Woman bra.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: What's been fascinating about the, the Wonder Woman character is of course it's an American invention. And you can tell with the original costume, I mean, it's sort of uh, stars and stripes mm-hmm. and the American colors, yeah. right? But as the character evolves, especially in this day and age, her costume has changed a bit drastically it's not so American anymore it has you know so still some revealing parts but it's not so much the American culture mm.
5: more universal now yeah, yeah absolutely but that's great
1: which I think is great
5: okay number six Captain America uh, but of yeah. course understandable the 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 um, Liz- T-Nine lister T-Nine. says that he's an astonishing individual with leader charisma and dedication to doing the right thing. Yeah. So Steve Rogers as Captain America is an impressive hero. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and of course the entire Marvel DCU is almost based around him and the Iron Man uh, movies. So.
4: Marvel DCU?
1: Ah, uh, sorry, Marvel <laughs> Marvel Universe. <laughs>
3: Yeah.
4: The MCU.
1: The MCU <laughs> there. Whatever. One of those movie universes <laughs> is based around him for sure.
5: No, yeah. Number five. More Iron getting, Man, though. We're getting close to, you know, we're halfway through now. Hal Jordan.
1: and okay. The
5: Green Lantern.
4: Okay, because I'm like, I'm like, I don't know who that is. No, <laughs> but I'm I know a, who the Green Lantern well, is. I remember
5: <laughs> the Green Lantern in cartoons or, 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 no, not cartoons. I think it actually was a series with mm-hmm. um, Actors, I don't remember if there was a TV series
1: about that yeah yeah, I, I think it's one of those interesting thing I mean the the, the the concept that he can create anything he wants with his ring really you know basically says your imagination is mm-hmm. the limit of what you can yeah. do you know? I
5: get that there were a series of different Green Lanterns and this there,
4: there's, there. a, there's like a like, the doc, like a society
5: like well
1: it's, no, it's actually
4: so. there's like a society oh, of okay. them I think it's like on a different planet or something and he is. Yeah,
1: well, he's essentially a, a cosmic cop. Yes. Yeah. He, he's he's he, you know he's allocated to this beat.
4: Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> this, I, this I region, think the rings get passed down.
1: Yeah, if you die, the ring the ring basically apparently chooses ...it's off your finger else. and then chooses somebody else to. Oh, yeah. the Next cop.
4: Okay, number four is
5: Thor. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Can oh, I just say
4: enough. that I am so happy he's above Captain America. <laughs> 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 I love Thor.
5: Yeah, they say it's epic fantasy, engrossing adventures, and uh, humanizing the God mm-hmm. of Thunder.
1: Mm-hmm. So much better than Jesus. And
4: his <laughs> his character development in the first Thor movie is unparalleled. Mm-hmm. It is amazing, and that is one of the best Marvel movies ever. You should go watch it again, guys.
1: Okay. It's
4: amazing. Okay, I commend
1: like it by Christina.
4: Yes,
5: we're we're gonna make Christina extremely happy okay. because number three
4: is Iron Man. Spider Man! No! Spider Man is number Spider-Man. one! Yeah! No, Man! He's, he's number one! Yeah! <laughs> he's no, number he's, one! According
5: to this list, Spider Man is number three. And um, so, <laughs> uh, so Spidey um, It's very classic. Oh, absolutely. Do we still like Spider Man? No.
1: no! One of my no? favorites. One of my favorites. One of my favorites.
4: <laughs> the newest Spider Man movie is breathtaking. Yeah. Is it really? Spider Man into the universe, or into the Spider Verse? Oh, okay. Is. It is one of the best movies I have ever seen. It is amazing.
5: Well, I've seen the. I think I saw the first two. but I haven't kept up with. Oh
1: well, they've got the, the new the new actor to play Spider Man is a, a UK actor by the name of Tom Holland. He's amazing. He uh, is he, the best Spider Man. Well, I think to play a good Spider Man is not hard. To play a good Peter Parker, yeah, that's the hard yeah. thing. Yeah.
4: The newest Spider Man is actually an animated film about yes, Miles guess. Morales. Yeah, about, yeah,
5: he's amazing. Any guesses to how long Spider Man has been? amusing us in a long, many time. years?
1: I think it came out of the 60s, the original Spider-Man. So 50, 50
5: years. 50 years, 50 years, yeah. 50, that's,
4: yeah. That's, the, a, that's an enduring hero. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he is still, to this day, one of the, I would say, the most popular superhero. Oh, for
1: sure. Uh, by far. Uh, I,
4: yeah, I'd say even more than Superman, because everyone knows about Spider-Man. Yeah. Because, like, think about at Halloween, everyone, like... Every other kid is Spider Man. Well, it's yeah. because
1: he's more relatable. Superman yeah. is an alien from outer yeah, space. Spider Man's like a Superman. teen from Queen.
5: And his words of wisdom
4: are.
1: With great With power, great
4: it's not great that, great was, great that was that was uncle. uncle Ben.
1: But yeah, yeah. don't
4: take. Okay, here we go. Number <laughs> number we're getting.
5: Gotta get, get
1: some letters, some hate mail there. Worse. Why
5: do you say this? <laughs> see, see if there's any controversy here between number two. Oh. And if number
4: Superman one. is there, I am gonna flip a tape. <laughs> number two,
1: that is Superman. Let's
4: go number two. <sighs> Batman. What? <sighs> okay, is, number, seriously, is to... Batman and Superman gonna be number one? This is bullshit. <laughs> I I, thought, I I can I, I sure, can understand I why sure Batman sure to, is number 2. I, I sure Batman, Batman is pretty awesome.
5: awesome. So you, there's we, we don't always you don't agree that he should be number 2.
1: N- no, I think he should be number 1, but I
4: think Spider-Man should be number 1. <laughs> ah, <yes. laughs> but I I think Batman is definitely up there. Yeah. He is he is definitely a really interesting character. Um the movies have done him shame on well, a lot of what, aspects. What about the
1: Christopher Nolan ones?
4: Oh no, no, those ones are amazing. Yeah, I love those. Even
1: the Tim Burton ones were not that bad.
4: Yeah, the newest ones are
1: horrible. <laughs> what, what,
5: the one that I saw was with Michael.
1: Uh, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Yeah. yeah, I think I think he was I think he was almost the best Batman of them all.
5: Yeah, yeah.
1: One the, or the a, best Bruce Wayne, I should say.
5: Yeah, and hmm. of course there was the TV series, which was
1: oh, it the was a
5: grou- it was groundbreaking at the time. time with absolutely, all the her- with all the the, uh, with the villains and mm-hmm. the camera. The angles, shark spray repellent. And the music. Yeah, everything. It was it was really, really great. Okay, then number one has to be. Don't be
4: Superman. God, don't be Superman. be Superman. It's got to it? be Superman. got to be Superman. So, how do we feel about. I hate it. Okay, why? I hate Superman. I he's I...
1: so. He's such a Boy Scout.
4: Well, no, it's like he has no character development, he's just always perfect. And it's just like. What struggle have you ever had in life?
1: Yeah, well, well I, think, I, think, uh. I, think, I think this is it, right? What I think appeals to the crowd is something you can relate to. Yeah. This is why Spider-Man and Batman are so close. But Superman is, is just an ideal you can never reach.
5: Well, that goes back to what we were saying is that some, some of these heroes are static. You know, mm. they, they come fully assembled yeah. and they, there's no evolution. But but that appeals to a lot of people. Yeah. It's a constant. I, you
4: know? I also like my superheroes to have a little bit of conflict in themselves and mm-hmm. like a darker side. That's yeah. why I actually like Batman.
1: Not, not to be invincible.
4: But like, yeah, and like Superman, like he, he literally can just say, peace out, I'm going to a different planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like... Uh. Well, there are characters that that have flaws, and
5: then we, they're more endearing because yeah. they're more they're more human. This is so. Yeah, so overall, who would you put now as number one? Spider-Man. <laughs> you put Spider-Man. Who would you
1: put, Kevin? I, I think I would put Batman.
4: I, I also, instead of Captain America, would have Iron Man on the list. Iron I,
1: Man would be
5: a good yeah,
4: one. Yeah, I, I like uh, Iron Man way more than Captain America. I don't think so. Anybody
5: else that, that wasn't on the I, list? I,
1: would, I, I would put the Hulk on one of those The ones. Hulk? The, yeah, be- because because of the whole Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Yeah. Thing. And the Hulk is exactly that, right? And they, 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 they I mean, anyway, we could go on that forever. (laughs) We could do a whole podcast on geeking out with superheroes. Uh,
4: We should. We should just do a geek out (laughs) podcast. (laughs) And
5: other other than Wonder Woman, have there been any other Captain
4: Marvel. Miss Marvel. There's some
1: good. She's not as well known. I mean, I know She
4: will be in a few months.
1: Yeah.
4: (laughs) She's going to be badass. No, you're right.
1: There's a a whole bunch of lady superheroes. Black
4: Widow, I don't think deserves to be on there because she doesn't. She isn't as fleshed out. Yeah. Like, you don't really know they who can she mov- is. They could do
1: a movie entirely about her too. If yeah.
4: If there isn't already,
5: there should be a test of a psychological profile of people who prefer one superhero yeah. over another. I mean, if you like Batman better mm-hmm. than Thor, I, you know, what does yeah. that say about your character?
4: I think the reason I like Spider-Man so much is he he's the best parts of of Iron Man and Captain America mixed together. Mm-hmm. Because I like Captain America's, like, loyalty and, like his striving to do the best and like protect people mm-hmm. but i love iron man's quippiness and just confidence yeah, but and this like ingenuity is, this is, ingenuity. A, this is but a, spider-man's just the best mix of both
1: <laughs> yeah but the, the quippiness and the ingenuity that's robert downey jr's take on the character i mean in in the original comic he's a smart guy is he but not quippy i don't remember him being quippy I don't sure. remember him being like super... Again,
4: I haven't read the comics. So yeah. I'm just going off the movies. You know,
1: it could, it could be why he's not on that list too, right? But anyway.
4: Anyway, it's kind of fun. Thank you
5: for suggesting yes. that one. It makes my life a lot easier when you suggest. Yes. It. And I don't, I don't have to paw through. Oh my gosh. What's a good All top the top ten tens that could happen. This
4: week?
1: Yeah. Well, we don't right. have Kirsten with us.
4: No. So we don't
1: have another... But she's
4: coming back. Don't worry,
1: yes. listeners. She's yes. coming yeah.
4: back. Unless so. she dies in a horrible motor vehicle accident oh. on the Coca-Cola.
1: <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> so we, we, oh, we me. So we don't have another brilliant moment, but we have we do have something we haven't done in a while.
4: Doesn't mean the world's not effed up.
1: <laughs> no, true enough. So this is. That make you go. Hmm. Been a while since we've done that. It has. All right. You guys ever suffer from back pain?
4: Sometimes, but not since I've been using my ab muscles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there's a man. An Irishman, 33. He oh, was God. from back pain. I know. Oh, and he had a miss. swollen arm when he went to the hospital. <laughs> now, the doctors started doing some x-rays and realized there was a bit of a pocket of air in his arm. And they wondered why. Well, this man apparently has been injecting himself with his own semen.
3: Oh, don't do this, oh, people. Uh, don't do it.
1: Once a month for oh. uh, a year and a half. Oh.
5: So, oh. this...
1: Seemingly harmless.
5: Is, is he dating a woman who puts no. parsley up, or you know what? <laughs> oh. They sound like they kind of should go together. unfortunately. Oh, what a bad joke that is. Oh. So like I
1: said, so this a seemingly harmless no. procedure. Oh, <laughs>
3: oh
1: Jesus Christ! Uh, so doctors are basically saying, "Don't do that." No, do not do that. Uh, <laughs> I guess this guy really screwed himself.
3: Oh my God. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. The so best
4: part is they cannot figure out where he came up with this. Well he literally came up with it himself. Exactly. <laughs> just- there must have been a weird
5: voice that told him to do oh.
1: it. Why is that? The guy's like the super macho guy that'll say, you know what? My GSP feels pretty good down there. It's going to feel oh. good everywhere God.
4: else. Oh. <laughs> or, like, ugh, can't make up this stupid. I, guess, I,
5: I want to forget that as soon as the show is over, I want that to disappear out of my mind.
1: I guess it's a case of premature inoculation. Oh,
4: my God. <laughs> I want to forget these puns. This is perfect for you, Kevin. You yes. get can <laughs> you're just
5: coming Uh, up with these one after another please stop no
1: (laughs) well the doctors didn't see uh, See the doctors didn't see coming (laughs) imagine being one of those poor sperm that realize all of a sudden you're in the biceps wait a minute I'm looking for an egg here I'm I'm completely lost these guys have you know they don't have any tracking system (laughs) these poor Uh. guys so, I, I don't know why he was injecting himself in the arm. Because
5: he's an idiot? Because he
1: could reach it easier. Yeah, I, I, it's true that you can't really inject something in your back. That'd be really no. hard. But I don't know where the hell he got this. <laughs> I don't know. Crazy
4: if, people. If this
1: treatment had somewhat worked and made it to, like, a real treatment, I guess no, this guy would have been... No, don't even then. Don't no, do it. No. Just don't do it. Well, this guy would have been laughing all the way to the bank. The sperm bank. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> Enough of the jokes. Ugh.
5: I mean, if you can unsee, you can't unsee something. But I'm really hoping you can unhear.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. This, is, I guess, this is the reason why we bring something like this up is.
4: So listen, Kevin can make puns. Yes, no, that's that's
1: part of it. He's but such
4: it, a punny guy.
5: And but, <laughs> We're going to send him to the penitentiary if he picks it
1: up. <laughs> but it's also to point out that you know, the, I don't know where the hell he got this or. <laughs> Oh, but, you know, this is why you seek professional advice. And you don't listen to a place like Goop or Mary Claire yeah. or this idiot. you know, Because you can really have some problems here. You know, uh, I don't know. It, it, it seems to make sense to me, right? You really got to be critical. And obviously this guy has a lack of critical thinking yeah. happening his way. Among
3: other things.
1: Among other things.
5: <laughs> I mean, I feel sorry for people who think these things and give them some kind of validity and decide, oh, I'll just go ahead and experiment. You know, it's all the same body. How can it
1: hurt me? Uh, Uh-oh. Yeah I, yeah, I don't understand that. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Anyway... Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> so let's go and pause here. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll be talking to the ladies of Forsaken Faith.
3: Oh, yeah. thank
4: God. <laughs> Get some more estrogen up in here.
1: Yeah, just like we need more of that. Right? Hey,
4: we always need more
1: estrogen. <laughs> All right, so stay with us. Women represent.
0: What's up, heathens? I'm the Godless Engineer, and it would be great if you could join me on my
1: YouTube channel.
0: Over there, we post videos every day. On Mondays, we normally post a response video of some kind. Tuesdays, we post our daily Bible podcasts that I record with KC. Wednesdays, we read comments. Thursdays and Fridays is conspiracy theory and flat-earth stuff. And we have a new segment that runs Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays that is Today I Learned from KC. Hi, y'all! So please join us over on the YouTube channel Godless Engineer, where we always stand up and use our voice. If your skepticism is socially conscious and doesn't take itself too seriously, you might like Life, the Universe, and everything else. Great
5: comfort. His big stumper was literally, which came first, the chicken or the egg?
0: A lot of the interviews took place in front of a building that said Liberal Arts. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm guessing that they're not all science majors. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Life, the universe, and everything else. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and
4: pretty much anywhere else. I don't know Zoom. Is that still a thing? <laughs>
3: The problem is that whenever somebody seriously represents his belief that Elvis is still alive in a conversation, in, in, on a first date, at a lecture, at a job interview, mm-hmm. uh, he immediately pays a price. Yeah.
5: He pays a price in ill-concealed laughter.
3: Right now, surely you can that, agree with that, him. that.
5: That is a good thing. Now he can. Then he could rattle on about
3: this is not a scientific claim. Uh, this is a matter of faith. You know, when I look at you, I, I see you might be Elvis. I mean, he he could he could do.
1: Back on so are the ladies for Forsaking Faith got Christine and Heather, their snappy dressers and snazzy dancers. Ladies, welcome back to Left of the Valley.
6: Thank you for having us back.
1: It's good, we didn't scare them too much last time.
6: Nope, it wasn't too
1: bad. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> we put on our Canadian charm.
1: Yeah, no, we've Is been. Is there such a thing? Yeah, we've yes. been looking forward. It's called to the
4: Canada word West. sorry. Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> We're really delighted to have you back. We've really been looking forward to it. So welcome, welcome.
1: Yes, despite the fact that Canada's now at war with Norway, we really appreciate <laughs> you guys doing this with us. You guys didn't hear about this, Thank right?
4: Thank you.
1: <laughs> you guys didn't hear about this, did you?
4: They haven't listened to our show yet.
1: No, no. Apparently Norway has built a bigger moose than us, and now we're at war with them.
4: Yep. You take our <laughs> moose very seriously. Absolutely. <laughs> very seriously. Just
1: saying. All right. Uh, ladies, maybe you'd be so kind to refresh our... Uh, our uh, audience with a quick bio as who the ladies of forsaking faith
6: are yes okay um shall i go first i will go first okay so um uh, my name's heather i'm one of the co-hosts of forsaking faith and uh, i am almost done with my phd in english literature i live somewhere in the southeast of the united states and um we are podcast forsaking faith is about the complex emotional journey of deconverting from Christian fundamentalism. And Christine, my co-host Christine and I both attended the same church and the same Christian school for many years. So that's how we know each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's it. <laughs> um, yeah, so, go ahead. I'm Christine. <laughs> uh, we...
2: Um, have been on a hiatus from our show for a little while, but we're coming back soon um, because my the, my lovely friend is getting her dissertation. It's pretty exciting, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, yeah, I've just been you know chilling in my atheist world, and it's awesome. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm from I'm from New Hampshire, and I. Um, we have uh, we have big moose as well, but we're not very competitive <laughs> about it. <So. laughs>
1: that was a behind the scene moment they don't know.
3: <laughs> yeah, oh, I thought it was I thought it was on the show. Oh, was it was on the children. All
1: right. All right. All right, anyway, we'll make it we'll make it work. <laughs>
3: it's all
1: good. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, I just welcome like back. talking about moose. Yeah, well, yeah, yes, let's talk about moose. Now. Hey,
4: moose are my favorite animal, okay? They're amazing. <laughs> they are amazing. They have such long legs.
1: Remember, apparently we have like one million of them. I know. Apparently, we get I about a million the, moose. in The
4: in babies the are so wow. cute with their ears. Sorry, I'll stop. <laughs>
6: <laughs> it's it's great for me because I've never seen a moose in real life. Oh, really? oh they're wonderful to see. In, in, to tell you the truth, personal.
4: neither have I.
1: Just put some some antlers on Joe Campbell, and you got pretty much the same thing.
4: <laughs> I've never <laughs> had the pleasure of seeing one in real <laughs> you, life. What I know, uh, okay. Don't remind right. me of the error of my ways.
1: Well, you you live in like in the boonies anyway. I mean, don't <gasps> you? we
4: only saw black bears oh, and ki- cougars, coyotes, never wolf.
1: Well oh, no, wolves are further Raccoon,
4: apart. I had a raccoon stick its hand anyway, against the window. And I put my hand against min- it. We had a connection.
1: <sighs> this is it, it was drink.
4: so cute.
1: Well, this was a great show. Thank you so much for coming, ladies. That was great. <laughs>
5: that
1: was great radio. <gasps>
5: So talkative. We never got a word in edgewise. I feel so. I feel so. Christina's so
1: talkative. Yeah. We never got a word in. H-wise. I'm sorry. I'll stop. <laughs> all right. So today we are discussing uh, whether or not the Bible is actually good literature. Because I hear this all the time. Right. I hear this especially of the defenders of the faith who've never read the Bible. Who've never read the Bible. <laughs> and they'll say stuff like, "All oh, the Bible needs to be taught in school." And I tell them, "No, it's not a science book." When they say, then they re- they come back and they say, "Well." would you at least agree that it could be taught in english class as a as literature at that point i'm kind of forced to say well sure i guess you could do that but then i start wondering is it actually good literature and who else but you guys would know this so let's let's ask the question guys what do you think about the bible being good literature
6: oh such a good question okay Christine do you want to go first you want me to go first oh come on so
2: that (laughs) so that you can leave me in the dust after no Uh, so so I actually have been thinking about this question you know because we're planning on talking about it on the show and why else would I think about this question no I'm just (laughs) teasing um so is it an anthology Heather or what is it called when you when you bring a, a bunch of stories together is that right?
6: Um, no, it's not an anthology. It's just no. a com- it's just a compilation of um, because an anthology implies um, that there's premeditated organization and purpose. So that's the difference. So like an anthology would be if I if I decided to put together a collection of um, stories and I um, solicited. Uh, different stories from different authors, then that would be an anthology. I see. Um, but the Bible, of course, was put together really haphazardly. Yeah.
1: So. so, so let me get this straight. So, for example, let's take let's take um uh, the old nineteen sitcoms, Friends. So, if you are doing a, a, a book on Friends, but then you tell uh, Rachel's story and what are the other characters? Uh, um, oh, Ross's Ross. story and all, yeah. all the stories, all the characters. That's an anthology.
6: Um. You so. Not if it's the same author. Oh. So that so that would be just a story that's uh different different voices, okay. like a multi voice story, which um that's also quite common. But no, an anthology is when there are different authors. Uh-huh. Yeah. That so contribute. if you want to, oh, go, oh ahead. go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Katie. I was just
2: gonna say. So if if you wanted to like bring together all the literature that's been about spiders, right? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Then you go like look for Anansi and any other stories about spiders or insects right what's the other one where the the guy metamorphosis Metamorphos? yeah yeah so that kind of thing where you're like okay i want to look for stories about bugs <laughs> and so you right. gather all of those and put them into an anthology and publish that oh okay, okay.
6: okay. yeah okay. yeah exactly so and, uh, and the bible is precisely not that is what no no <laughs> <laughs> Right, but Chrissy, that's a good question because I, I assume, like I would imagine that that is one could be one argument for mm. like a, Christ, a pro-Bible, um, you know, Christian. They would say something like, "Oh yeah, it's it's a piece of literature, and that look, look, it's this beautiful, um, you know, collection of stories that are you know revealing the nature of God." But the problem with that argument is that, like I was saying before, it's the Bible's. Um, the Bible exists as a document today in like a very um, unplanned, <laughs> um, unpremeditated mm-hmm. way. So. How
1: dare you say that about the world of the, <laughs> the Word of the Almighty God?
4: Well, especially when you look at there are so many, so many stories that want, people wanted included it in the Bible that were rejected.
1: Yeah, yeah. depends yeah, also definitely. which version you take, right? Exactly. I mean the Anglican version is about 66 books in there but if you go into the, the Catholic, Catholic version, Bible has so
6: many more. I think, I think it's like yeah. 73. Mhm. Yeah, there's like the Maccabee story, right? That's not in um I think that's only in the Catholic version and mm-hmm. yeah, there's a there's a couple of additional books. Mhm.
1: Okay, well, that, that solves that issue. Now, <laughs> now, now, of all the pieces of literature that we have in the world today, you know, anything from the words of Doctor Seuss to Shakespeare, uh, we have a wide variety. So, I guess the question is, what does make good literature?
6: Um. Oh my gosh. Okay. So that's a that's chi- a tiny much, question. Yeah. How much do we have? No. Um. I'll try to condense. Take so, all the time idea. you need, dear. <laughs> Um, Obviously this is a a raging debate amongst um, literary scholars, especially because we are in an era where we are challenging the canon. So um, up until about the 1960s, there was this concept of literature in, we we defined it in a very narrow, rigid Mm -hmm. rigid way. And it was primarily white male authors of Western cultures. Mm -hmm. And so then we had um, in like the uh 60s decade what we call the canon wars where people started to challenge very bloody very cannon. bloody
1: very yeah. bloody wars
6: so we're in an era where we are re- you know a lot we reject the idea that that's all literature is but at the same time we do need to have some standards um and where do we draw the draw the line and so the way uh, most most people define literature is basically um in a couple. has to have a couple of different components and one of them is that we look at the craft so like the artistry that goes into a text and that has to um, so there has to be um, some sort of aesthetic value like there has to be some sort of beauty uh, however you're defining beauty um, of the language Um, and so that's part of what you know that's part of it and then the other part of it part of it is does it um is it complex like is it is it nuanced is it challenging mm-hmm. um society's assumptions is it um resisting uh, a, po- a particular political group or does it have a particular political message i mean all literature is political to some extent um so in that so that's sort of like the the broadest definition um so and it, so in other words it's not just plot driven for entertainment purposes. Mm-hmm. So a book like, I don't know, Fifty Shades of Grey would not be considered. Literature. I definitely would not define that as literature. It's entertaining, but it's really just based on um, plot points. It's not interested in the quality of the language. Um, it's also not interested in character um, development or anything. So, yeah, so that's the core difference but Mm -hmm. these are all this is quite it is it does vary under it is very yeah it is um and it varies based on who you talk to but generally speaking that's the sort of essential um you know distinguishing okay so
1: so for some of us that are not as smart as you two Mm uh if i was to ask give me like three four bullet points that you would you would think you would need as a criteria to make a good literature what would you what would you say you know the development of character is one, or, you know?
6: Yeah, so I would say, and I'll let Chris answer too, but uh, yeah, as, as a literature scholar, yeah. So it has to be character driven and character focused. Mm-hmm. Um, there needs to be an artistry that has got, gone into the the language itself. So there needs to be a sense that the writer is actually um, cares and is thoughtful about the, the actual linguistic mm-hmm. elements, like what word choices are they using? What kinds of figurative language are they using? Um, and it needs to be nuanced. So, um, and what I mean by that is, okay, I'm a Shakespeare scholar. So Shakespeare is uh, when he, in all of his plays, there's a lot of complexity to the characters. Uh, A character is usually not just an outright villain, um, even if they they end up being uh, villainous in some ways, there's also, there's layers to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's complexity when it comes to good and evil, so that would be that's like those are the bullet points. Okay, so so, point so character yeah. character
1: development, artistry, and nuance slash complexity. Is
6: that is that good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So, Chr- Chrissy, did you want to? But did you want to weigh in? Because I that, that's yeah, that's my sense. But... Well, sure. I mean, without
2: <laughs> the degree, I sound a little naive here, but that's okay. Uh, so. <laughs> So, yeah, the only thing I would say is that is it, is it, is nuance really, like, how does nuance really separate itself from, I mean, so many beautiful romance stories, or I can't think of any right now, <laughs> but are, are, have, have done, been done before, right? So, like, uh, I don't know, the, the one that was before Romeo and Juliet, that was a similar story. Do you know what I'm talking about?
6: Yeah. Yeah. Pyramus and Thisbe. Yeah. That's it.
2: That's the one. So like, so Shakespeare's literature, but that's not necessarily a nuanced story, although he does use the different, the, so do you think it just has to have one of those three elements or does it have to have all of the elements?
6: Um, I think it has to, that's a good question. I think Generally, I would say it has to have all three. And I would say I think there's a difference between. So when I say nuance, I don't mean original, originality. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like it doesn't have to be. So Shakespeare's not, most of his material isn't original, like you're pointing out. Um, Most of his stories, like in terms of the plot, are just rehashed. Um, But what I mean by nuance is like the thematic material is complicated. So in, in the example of Romeo and Juliet, Shakespeare modifies the original story and he adds a lot more complexity to it, especially in terms of, you know, just raising questions of, um, what is, what is too far? Like, can you take love too far? Um, there's a lot about the family and the control, like the way that Juliet is controlled by her parents. That's that he kind of flushes out that that's in the Ovid story. Um, but it's sort of implied in the avid story, but Shakespeare kind of fleshes that out. So yeah, that's what I mean by nuance. Yeah, and that, so I'm glad you asked that because yeah, I don't mean original. Definitely something doesn't have to be original mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, and, and to be literature, yeah. That's
2: interesting. So when, and you know, I'm not, it's tough because the Bible now has been translated so many times yeah. that when I think about it as literature now, I don't really see the the artistry Necessarily, that you're talking about because the language is very, it's so something I'm so used to mm, that, oh, that I can't necessarily see the art in it. Yeah. Know? Although yeah. Song of Solomon has some beautiful um, metaphor and, you know, some yeah. good healthy stuff in it. But otherwise, like the New Testament feels to me like a storybook, much of it.
6: Yeah. Um, I think. That's a good point, because I think I have, I also have a similarly complicated response to the question of, yes, the Bible literature um, for, I think, a similar reason, because uh, it's hard, I think, to for me, like you're saying, Chrissy, I would agree, like, it's hard for me to separate myself from the context in which I originally read the Bible, which was right. not to not be noticing those elements. Right. Um, but there are some really beautiful parts. I do. I would definitely argue, I guess. Yeah. So to answer like the ultimate question, I mean, I would say that there are some books that I would consider a literature. I don't know. I'm I'm less certain about some about all of them. But I like, really, yeah. that's interesting, Heather. Maybe yeah. we should get
2: together and do an anthology of the books that we think are literature. Oh my gosh, I love it! Yes, Let's Right. Do it. <laughs> the yeah. literary, literary books of the Bible. That that might be fun. <laughs> <laughs>
6: that would be so fun. I mean, I mean, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No,
1: we, we do see a lot of a lot of romance in the Bible, right? Like Ezekiel twenty three twenty, right? Then she lusted after oh lovers <laughs> whose genitals were like those of donkeys. Oh. And whose emission was that of horses? <laughs> <laughs> Who needs so Romeo and Juliet when you have that, right?
4: So romantic.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah. And,
4: then
1: that, and then that guy took those emissions and injected him in his arm. Oh, my gosh. Right? Because he had back pain, which is uh, reference to an earlier story we did.
3: Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. So, okay. So, so let, let, let's, let's stick to what we said, the, the character, the uh, the artistry, and the nuance slash complexity. So, if, well, we, if we're going to go into character development and all that. Um uh, yeah. you guys have read the bible i'm assuming
3: mm-hmm. Yeah uh, yeah
1: yeah so so uh, you guys have a particular character i mean it seems to me and this is just my unprofessional opinion that the characters are pretty much almost one dimensional you don't see a lot of development in any of them even jesus but oh, but i, I would know. say
4: that the characters are sometimes almost contradictory because, okay. like, mm-hmm. when you look at the character of Jesus, there's some times where he's all like preaching love and stuff, but then he's like,
1: "Well, that's because there's four version ye- of him right?
4: yelling at a
6: fig tree." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and also David, I agree. Yeah, Jesus is there is some complexity. Also, I was thinking immediately of David as well because mm-hmm. he's, um, you know, this supposedly righteous man of God, but then he's also and. Are, I don't know. Are we allowed to swear? Yes. He's can a swear? You can't okay. fucking swear <laughs> so, show. He's, um, you know, uh, an asshole to, in the way that he views women, right? Like, mm-hmm. so there's the whole Bathsheba episode um, where he has her husband killed just yeah. so that he can have sex with her. So, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, I think there are moments where you see that complexity, but then I um, also. Uh, I think that there are, yeah, I think there are other episodes that are more where the characters are more one dimensional. So I think it just depends. Yeah.
2: So the- I think the main character of the Bible um, is actually interestingly kind of dynamic. Uh, so I think the God of the Old Testament is very different than the mm. God of the New Testament. Mm. And um, and you don't see, there's no sort of um, character shift either. It's just sort of you know, the Old Testament ends and then the New Testament begins with, you know, Christ and and this, like, angry, jealous God from the Old Testament is very different from the loving, forgiving God of the New Testament.
1: I totally agree. If oh. at least it says something like, okay, then God woke up after sobering up, and then he started being <laughs> loving again, you know? Yeah. That would at least make some sense. Well, well Or
2: just, like, I have... smoke some weed, maybe. <laughs> I, I wonder, I wonder on a right? psychological
4: Love. level, if you could... If God of the Bible is narcissistic. Oh,
3: of course oh, he is. is. So oh, then in
4: the like New Testament bomb. it's like cuz I I I know a narcissist who love bombs. So I'm like, I wonder if it's just him love bombing the world. Wait.
6: <laughs> wait, what is that? Love what bomb? is love bombing?
4: Um, yeah. yeah.
1: Because I thought it was a bath bomb. Lo-
4: love bombing <laughs> is where um <laughs> a narcissist, so say a narcissist um like is is mean and like telling you like you're horrible for like not cleaning the house and then after saying that they'll be like but i love you oh
3: i like like you're amazing yeah
4: but 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 specifically to keep that connection with you
1: don't they have that in the u.s i think it's called the president of the united states yeah it is
4: he is oh,
5: a narcissist. Hey. He is so yeah.
1: a narcissist. He's a sociopath, too. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Nancy, you were about to say. Well
5: too, it, as someone who is really not familiar with with the Bible and I don't know what you What are you talking it,
1: about? Yet. You were there. But <laughs> it, 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 it's hey, it, hey.
5: In, in terms of what in, in terms of my knowledge and I'm and you girls are going you ladies are going to straighten me out in a minute here, but it, it seems that if the Bible is Made up of various books that were uh, written by various people um, at different times in order to accomplish um, I would I, I think various there various things for instance one might might be a narrative of how a people like the Jews developed, another in mm-hmm. terms of of who Jesus was in the New Testament may be in terms of um, how, how a way to keep women. Um, uh, to take power away from women, there was a certain agenda. So you have different uh, books that were written at different times, and maybe some of the authors had an idea of literature while others just wanted to get across either their agenda or a story. So my point in all of this babbling (laughs) is, when you look at the Bible and you ask an overarching question, such as, is the Bible good literature, can you do that as a whole, or can you reduce that to, there are parts of the Bible that may be considered good literature, while other parts... Um, were there just to make a point for the Catholic Church or whatever version that was. So is the overarching question a reasonable one?
1: Well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I think it is because you know it's a bit like saying is Kevin a good person? Well, there are some things about Kevin that you know here and there yeah. he's a bit of an ass here and there, but there are some things about him he is. He, but overall, is he a good person? I think we can say yes. Okay, thank you.
5: Okay, so, so that would mean in terms of literature that overall, let's say there are sixty three or seventy two books. In order to say is the Bible good literature, you'd have to say a majority of yeah. those seventy two or sixty three or whatever it is. Yes. Yes, there are good literature, but but do you have to parse that, or can you just Dep- say overall depends how overall... detail
1: depends how detailed we want to get into the, yeah. the analysis. I
5: mean, I, right. I say I'm just right. I'm just I bringing this up important. as a as a question. You're you trying
1: know. to muddy the waters again.
5: I'm muddering the <laughs>
2: <laughs> So I, I think that's a good point um, that Kevin Kevin said. You know, it like we we it depends on how detailed we want to go because you can look at you can look at I really I really like Genesis in terms of artistry and character mm-hmm. development and, um, yes. and nuance. And, you know, cause there aren't, there aren't many stories like that, you know? Um, and so if we were just talking about Genesis, then I think that we'd have a very good argument, but when you get to numbers, <laughs> there's, a, <laughs> there's a totally different um, reason for that book um, in the Bible. And so, Including that in the Bible is maybe an artistic. If if someone is doing, if someone was building this as a piece of literature, including numbers is an artistic thing. You know that those details that um, Tolkien brought into his work um, can be really. There is a lot of them. You know, and there is a. Yeah, but his so, details were still enjoyable. <laughs>
6: <laughs> you. Well,
2: you well, I, oh, go ahead, Heather. You.
6: Oh yeah, I was just gonna say. But but I think that the yeah again the key difference is that when we're looking at a text like you know Lord of the Rings or um, even like um, the Metamorphoses which we brought up already which is a mm-hmm. compilation of lots of different stories but it's one author so yeah. I think the problem with trying to make and so it was back to your point too Kevin I think that try, the difference is that if you're looking at one person you can kind of say, okay, overall this person's a good person. Or if right. you're looking at a text that's by that that is by one author, um, or again, a series of authors, but but that were intentionally uh, you know, compile to to be put together, I think it's easier to make that determination. But yeah, I think it's very hard to make an sort of overarching determination with the Bible because it is just so very like Genesis, right, Genesis is um I agree. I think really beautiful. It's um, it's very beautiful poetry. Um, there's a lot of parallelism, which is a poetic device, um, and, but that's a different author than you know later books of the Bible. Um, right. So. What are you talking anyway. about?
1: Genesis is real. The Earth is six thousand years old. Don't oh, you understand this? Moses wrote that.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Moses, the oh, unknown Shakespeare. Man.
6: Yeah, so right, or you could read it like a ti- uh, science textbook. No, I'm kidding. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that's right.
6: That's right. My childhood. That's good
1: one.
2: Where's the Where's the 85th edition? Oh my gosh.
1: Where's
2: the new edition? When did they take out the errors?
1: This is This is where I like to bring the uh, eternal wisdom of Homer G. Simpson, who basically said, "You know, the first <laughs> you should write a 2.0 version. The first one sold pretty good." Oh my gosh.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I think they tried. It's called more. Mormonism. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so oh, so man. so so if if I was to ask you guys which character do you feel because we're talking about character uh, evolving in the Bible, um, which character do you think is probably best developed? Which is the more interesting character from a literally po- lit- literacy point of view? Uh, which one do you guys would vote for?
6: Hmm. Hmm. Um, yeah,
2: that's a, that's a tough one. I-
6: I like what you said earlier, Chrissy. Like God, God is a character. Yeah, yeah, is. Um, but I, yeah, I think, I think Moses definitely is a is a complex character. Um, like I said, David. I think Esther. I would definitely say the Book of Esther. I would definitely characterize that as literature. Um, and might, there's a you lot might of want complexity. To, that's might
1: refresh the memory of our audience and myself. Oh, oh, about okay. Esther here.
6: Yeah. So Esther. Okay. So Esther. Oh, fun. Such a fun book. You guys should read this one. Yeah, so she's up... um, This takes place in Persia. Um, This is uh, at the time where basically um, the Israeli... um Uh, group, um, the Israelites are um, basically living in subjugation um, by the Babylonian Empire. So they're kind of, um, they're living in Babylon, but they're um, not really, don't have a lot of rights. They're kind of, um, you know, like a lower, considered lower class citizens. Anyway, the king um, has a uh, decides for a complicated reason that it's too long to get into. But anyway, basically, he decides that he wants a new wife. And so he um, sends out scouts. To find the most beautiful women in the country and basically have a beauty pageant. like they get to they like spend a whole year preparing, and then they go in front of the king and the king chooses the one uh, the ones that he thinks are really beautiful, and he ha- uh, sleeps with them. and then he, you know, decides um, whether or not he wants to make this woman his wife or make her a concubine. So Esther, that's her Persian name. her Hebrew name is Hadassah. Anyway, gets chosen and apparently is so good in bed that like he chooses her to, <laughs> to marry him, um, but she keeps her identity a secret. So there's all this like so it's a romance, there's also espionage in it because her uncle uh, is like you gotta basically like give me insider knowledge about what the king is planning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, don't let anyone know your identity, that you're um, Hebrew. and then yeah Mordecai yeah and then um the king decides that for some complicated political reasons that he's going to um kill all the Hebrew people like basically commit mass genocide and Esther has to make a decision um do I stand up for my people and basically reveal my identity and kind of try to persuade the king um or do I um you know just remain silent And mm-hmm. so she decides to risk it and basically goes So in this uh, culture you're not supposed To go in front of the king unless he grants you An audience and that that is an act That's punishable by death so she decides To risk it and so she goes Before the king and basically Pleads uh, um, With him and he is persuaded by her So he and so that's where the um, uh, What's the Holiday oh I can't remember Ruh-Rush. No, it's not Rosh Hashanah. It starts with a P, Purim oh. or something. Purim, yeah, Purim, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. so yeah, Purim. So that holiday, yeah, that that holiday celebrates that event. With okay, that's a really brief cookies. synopsis, but Was that Hamantash
5: and cookies? Hamantash are, and cookies. are, are, are uh, much loved for for the Purim. Oh. Really. Yes, um, she, she is a, a An stellar character. character in, in Judaism, yeah. and she's she's very revered, and, and young girls love that story yeah. and look up to her. Yeah, she, yeah.
1: she had a, a new wife smell, too, which <laughs> the king really liked at the
5: time. <laughs> <laughs> Hamatash and cookies are, are three-cornered hats
2: cookies and in the middle
5: they have a jam depending on the jam. Yeah,
4: I've had them. They're good.
1: Oh, that sounds good. I haven't had them. You should bake some of those for us one of these days. Oh,
3: sure.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Why
1: am I the only one baking cookies here? What's up with that?
4: (laughs) We break stereotypes here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that seems like a very interesting character. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, let's move on to uh, artistry. Uh, So as far as the books i guess when you mean artistry is you mean they, they're written with a certain flair
6: um so i mean that they're yeah so the term that we um usually use is craft so um, mm-hmm. meaning that so craft just means like artistry or skill right so like if i'm oh yeah so when i build a chair if i'm building it um purely for utilitarian purposes um That's different than if I, let's say, made a a lot of decisions about what the chair would look like that are based on, let's say, a certain aesthetic. Like, you know, like I want Mm -hmm. it to look like a Baroque style chair, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to put a lot of detail into it. Um, and that's what we would mean by craft. So okay. we apply that term to literature. Um, and so there has to be a sense, for something to be considered good literature, there has to be a sense that the writer um, has is not just writing something purely for entertainment. So
1: eloquence, has in, to eloquence be, in other words. Oh, go ahead. Eloquence, in other words, right?
6: Um, yeah. And yeah. specifically at the language, stage, are they... Um, are they, yeah, like looking at the sentence level quality of mm-hmm. the work, and the sentence mm-hmm. level quality matters, um, not just is it entertaining um, so there there has to be an intentionality to the choices that the writer has made in terms of what what how they are putting together the words
1: so so, so you guys must be like like trying to cut your ears off whenever you listen to a speech from Donald Trump, right.
6: I yeah.
2: uh, I, read uh, yeah. I, read them later I don't listen to them
1: Poke your eyes out and <laughs> you know, Probably like, a yeah. good choice
2: <laughs> no, I, so I bad, for real yeah. do not take the time Yeah it's tough
5: <laughs> That's remarkable because I'm, he says I'm he, not knows all he knows the best the best all the words.
2: words. He's the best words.
1: Yeah, he's the best words. the
5: best. And they're intentional best
1: words. <laughs> intentional best yeah. words.
4: I don't think he knows the word intentional. <laughs> Honestly, I don't. No.
6: <laughs> he doesn't seem to know sometimes what he's even saying. Yeah.
1: <laughs> sometimes? <laughs> uh, dear. Anyway, we digress.
6: <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm being too generous.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so eloquence, what Trump, we're saying. Trump
2: as literature is a different... Trump as literature is a... Totally different conversation that doesn't need to be had ever by anyone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> okay. So, 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 an example is, for example, if if Donald Trump was to describe something as okay, this this is bigly, that that, is that's, not, that, that's horrible. Yeah. But a, an artist, somebody that with eloquence would describe something as a gargantuan, for example, and that just describes better artistry and the manipulation of the word, right?
6: Uh, yeah, yeah. There we go. I understand. Yeah, exactly.
1: See, not as dumb as, <laughs> yeah, not as dumb as I look.
6: <laughs> I mean,
2: um, I a, okay. so from a an atheist perspective, uh, we see the Bible as a totally different thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, it has a lot of for us. It has a lot of a lot more metaphor than Christians might think. You know, where they think, okay, no. I mean, when we were kids, we were taught that everything in the Bible was true. That Jonah was in a big fish. Same for, for me. Days.
4: What? <laughs> I said. Same for me.
2: <laughs> right, and so, um, and so now that I'm an atheist, the Bible carries more metaphor and um, and nuance. So I don't know if it was intentional, right? right. But when I read it, uh, which is like never now, but <laughs> but when I do, you know, need to, um, I. I do see a little bit more artistry than I did when I was younger. Definitely,
1: yeah, people don't know is when yeah. you spend three days in a fish, it does wonders for your skin. You know, you get the tuna. It does you get the tuna smell, but you really have like wonderful, smooth skin after. That's the new one. No, people,
2: people know that
1: actually.
4: It's <laughs> just not you. You're you're the only one that's just finding out about people it now.
5: You're, you're the <laughs> only one that get us the from the Bible button. to yeah. tuna in one sentence. Kevin.
1: <laughs> Okay. So
5: it's an art.
1: It is. It is. I'm, I'm making progress here. So if I was asked, mm-hmm. which one do you guys figure out of all the books in the Bible? Is there a particular book that stands out more for its artistry and its eloquence over the others?
6: Uh, for me, definitely the Psalms are. Psalms. Really, as, as poetry, are beautiful. Yeah. And definitely, I mean, it's. It's it's poetry, so yeah, it's an, interested in the figurative language, like the metaphors and um, um, other kinds of um, you know, poetic, um, sensory language. Um, although, Chr- Chrissy, I agree with you that um, it's interesting because I never had that experience with the Psalms growing up because we were we were only reading the Psalms as a kind of like literal guidebook to, you know, here's how you understand Mm -hmm. God, but coming at it now from this perspective, after I've deconverted, I can appreciate. Yeah. It's like what you were saying, Christine. I really agree that I actually have more of an appreciation and awareness in some ways for Psalms than I ever did when I was a Christian, because I can appreciate the skill, um, that went into that, into writing those poems. It's basically just a long series of, of poems um, and they're yeah they're really beautiful so uh, that would be- is it
1: possible that can we be attributing more meaning to the poems that they actually were originally designed for or how do you guys figure that out you yeah, say, you say, you say they, they, they look better today as as an atheist because you, you don't have the yeah. belief but I mean are, are we reading too much into it is it possible
2: um, too much as Christians or too much as atheists? Too which much as atheists?
1: Way. Too much as atheists?
2: So that I, I don't love that question, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm so, sorry.
2: <laughs> because I think you're asking, um, whether or not there is. So I don't know. You look at if you look at the Psalms and Song of Solomon when they were written. Mm-hmm. We sort of have no idea, um, unless Heather, you know more than I do. In, in terms of a historical perspective, we have trouble even verifying um, the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um,
6: so, oh, oh go yeah. Ahead. Go
2: ahead. I mean, you. Yeah, could I was just going to agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, when you think about how it sort of evolved over the years. Um, you you can sort of take the books as standalone, because of, I mean, mm, sorry audience. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, so like Song of Salt, like those Song of Solomon Psalms, those were written from such a vulnerable when you read them, it's such a a vulnerability and an openness and an artistry in, in language and metaphor and beauty that I would venture to say that we're actually reading better into it. Mm -hmm. But like, so that you can't like if we founded an old piece of literature that wasn't Related to the Bible that had the same sentence structure, we would view it as beautiful literature, whether it meant something or it didn't. Okay. I, I mean, not in terms of, I mean, I mean, deep meaning, right? I, I don't mean um, whether it meant something to our current generation like mm-hmm. the Bible does is what I'm is what
6: I'm saying. When yeah, because with, when you're, oh, sorry. go ahead. <laughs> No, I was just gonna say we're
5: talking about the Bible. Is there more good literature? Li- in the Old Testament than the New Testament, or do you blend them I all together? Guess.
2: Um, I would huh. say yes. Yeah. I think so. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are all the same crap over <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, It's kind of from a different... <laughs>
6: I love I those did, erudite like, answers um, that you give. <laughs> right. I agree. Like I, from this is, again. Yeah, so this is where the subjectivity comes in definitely. But yeah, I would agree as well. Like I think there's more, um, there's definitely more poetry um, in the Old Testament, but that's also just because there are different conventions related to the genre. So like the gospels, gospel stories are a specific genre. So they're not, um, so it's just a different, Right, like the writer, like Luke, um, would not have been interested in writing uh, poetry because that wasn't a convention. But yeah, I agree. I I find the poetry of the Old Testament more appealing, although um, Revelation, which is in the New Revelation Testament, and is cool. Well, and an then the tribute. Corinthians are pretty yeah, good. Yeah, so I, I like Romans and
2: Angels. I like Romans, so I like Romans too, but I don't. I don't, I like Romans for its, um, for its argument, Mm. right? So so for its debate, not necessarily for its artistry. (laughs) Romans is, I was just going to. Go
1: ahead, Kevin. No, oh, it, it would make perfect sense. Your answer makes perfect sense because, after all, the New Testament is super Jesus-centric, right? It's Jesus, 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 nothing but Jesus mostly. And in the Old Testament, you have a variety of characters, a variety of stories, a varieties of heroes and villains. So it would make perfect yeah, yeah, sense. Your answer yeah. would be more nuanced, mm-hmm. I would say, for, for the Old Testament.
6: Yeah, yeah, I also agree. I completely agree, Kevin. Yeah, I think there's well, just more. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's all bad you, Kevin.
1: <laughs> you, better, you better agree. I've got the mute button. <laughs> so,
6: but I will say, Revelation is really a trip. Oh, again, my gosh, yes. Yeah, right? Yeah, we're, right? We're, That's we're, like from the kind of perspective it. of an atheist. But from the perspective of an atheist, it's actually, I think, more fun. Because when you're a Christian oh, reading, you're, terrified. you're trying to be too much... Yeah, it's actually scary because you are reading too much into it is like the point going back to the point you're bringing it before because you're trying to like interpret what does the dragon literally mean um and the beast you know and all this stuff but like as again is like a as a as a basically just extended piece of speculative fiction right Mm -hmm. like fantasy um and uh metaphor um, for sort of understanding natural disasters and stuff. It's really interesting. Right.
2: So I'm not a fan of Revelation for a lot of reasons. I think that the story is very disjoint. Mm-hmm. I think that – so I think it's really – it's very stylistic and a style that I would just throw right out the window, <laughs> right? That doesn't make it not literature, but it makes it not my thing. That's <laughs> yeah, fair. Like if I, that's yeah, fair. I would just be like, <laughs> like I don't want to read this. this. Whoever wrote this is just not my kind
1: of author. We were actually thinking of doing a show where we'll just feed LSD to Christina and then let her read Revelation and see what happens. Just let it that,
4: go. I bet she would love it. That would be really That's interesting.
1: I'll just let uh, Yeah, well, we'll have a three hour Fair show for sure. Only
4: problem is, forward. would I still be able to read?
1: <laughs> maybe not.
4: <laughs> I might be maybe. like, I'm sure the walls will. are moving. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the beast is in the room. <laughs> Look at
2: the pretty colors. <laughs> Kevin's turned purple. Maybe the, maybe the person was on like shrooms or something. <laughs> I, I, I could imagine know. that. Probably cocaine.
6: Yeah, I mean, he was, John was stranded on an island. I don't know for how long, but he was like exiled on an island when he wrote it. So, yeah, who knows what he was smoking. <laughs> who knows
1: what he, he was eating. He was, smoking. he was licking toads or something. Probably. All right. So last but not least, we were talking about a bit of uh, nuance and complexity. So we, which which one is your more complex, deliciously complex book in the whole Bibble uh, long pause
2: <laughs> yeah that's a tough one um so from the ones i remember i mean you've got you've got uh let's see exodus i, I really like um i really like joe i i don't like like job so yeah. job, the oldest the story book the Bible, of job job. for me has a lot of uh, complexity and um and I think it's it's very much like a a country song, you know. He lost his kids, he lost his <laughs> wife. Lost, you know, like,
3: but, uh, That's I brilliant. Do...
1: <laughs> I got boils all over my body. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: That's just brilliant.
2: But um, but I do sort of like this this alternative side of. Of how to love God right so in in the Bible you do see a lot of like oh you know when you love God good things that like you have a child that when you're 180 you have you know <clears throat> good things happen whereas Job is like such a beautiful contrast to that I think um, well not in the end but you know <laughs> but the story um, He's he lives a, a long time with some pretty crappy stuff. And I like that. I like that complexity.
1: What well, you're liking to see yeah. Job suffer? What the hell? Yeah, I'm kind of dark. What's wrong with you? Dark.
6: <laughs>
2: <laughs> One of my favorite movies is What Dreams May Come uh-huh. where everyone dies. So <laughs> it's not it's not exactly, you know. <laughs> <laughs> kinda up my <laughs> up. <laughs> Unlike Revelation, where everyone also dies. So I don't know, maybe I'm kinda contradicting myself here. <laughs>
1: Jeez. <laughs> don't get on her bad side.
2: <laughs>
6: uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah, no, I'm really I'm also really trying to think um, I guess probably this so this isn't like a a book, but the Moses Oh, yeah. story I think is really complex because he's so he's initially this well he's like there's a lot going on I mean he's struggling with his identity um inhabiting these different cultures um you know growing up as um you know in an Egyptian culture but like knowing that he is is actually Hebrew and, and knowing that he's part of this oppressed um group of people right um so there's that but then also when he gets older I think it gets more interesting when he gets older I mean he's um, so he's like this hero chosen by God, but also really flawed and to a point that he doesn't get to actually enter the promised land. I mean, he because he yeah. like I can't remember the details. He disobeys God. God tells him to like strike a rock. Yes. And he yeah. strikes it too many times. Yeah. So that to that was a me. Dick move that's... by
1: God. When you think about it? That was really a dick move. <laughs> Strike the rock, nothing happens. It. Strike God it is again. Allowed
6: to be
2: a dick. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we minimize God so much as like as the idea of God so much. Even Christians, I think, do, but atheists even more so. Really minimize the idea of God. God is allowed to be a dick. If if you can picture this, like all all knowing, omniscient, um, omnipresent, all powerful being, omnipotent, omnis, all the omnis. All the omnis. Um. <laughs> you you kind of see like yeah of course he's a dick like we're so much we're so much smaller in being than he is and so he acts in a completely different way i would love to just like and maybe we can heather on our podcast sometime just talk about like what the idea of god really is because Mm -hmm. we do minimize it sometimes we do call him an asshole but essentially he's allowed to be he's got a lot of power he's got a lot of so yeah, he's a dick. You're right, Kevin.
1: No, no, I, I completely agree. But he's he's allowed to be for sure. But at the same time, you it's kind of hard for you to set a standard for you creatures when you can't even live to that standard yourself, right?
2: <laughs> I that's, see. That's the thing. I don't think so. I yeah. think that you're allowed to do that when you're that powerful. You can yeah, be like, yeah, I make do this, I and th- I don't have to. Th- so.
1: If the Christians didn't <laughs> call him perfect, then I think you'd have a very good point. But they mm-hmm. do call him perfect all the time, right? So at that point, Mm -hmm. it's say, well, if he's so perfect, why is he such a dick, right? (laughs) Anyway, we're not going to get into that (laughs) battle right now. So overall, ladies, let's have a final tally here. Uh, If I was to to ask you guys, do you think the Bible overall with some of their parts and all that, do you you recommend that as good literature? Do you think we should actually have that in English class, study the Bible as a literally work Like we do with Shakespeare and other authors, you would say?
6: Um, I would say yes. And actually, I really would love to take a class (laughs) that is exactly that because there's a lot I think I could learn from um, a um, theology Bible scholar because there are quite a few scholars that do exactly that. Like they're Bible scholars, but they're not necessarily Christians. And Mm -hmm. they teach you know, the Bible with, um, focusing on the artistry and also focusing on like the historical context, which is, that's something I definitely don't know that much about. Mm-hmm. And so I, I definitely say overall, yes. And I think that, um, everyone should, yeah, take a class if you can uh, on, on it. And I, I would love to at some point.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Do
5: you know, of any, uh, do you so know of any online classes or classes that might be available. I mean, I think that's, I'm sure there must be, but um, I, I love that idea, Heather. I, it would be, be great to be able to look at it from from that perspective and there would be a lot to be learned. So I think that's a, that's a good recommendation if there are any well, you have that to, you, most
3: people can access.
5: You'd
1: have to worry about mm-hmm. the source though. If you're getting the source of a t- teaching literature of the Bible and it's coming from uh, Brigham Young University or something no, like that's, that it's like yeah it's like it, yeah,
5: it has to, like, it has to so.
2: be a neutral yeah. you know uh, yeah. yeah yeah so there's Yeah, one. I think just I see oh, MIT I see MIT has one Oh, there we go. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be good. Let's see. I've got... the university
6: I teach at has one. I know. I just um maybe after I'm done with my dissertation, that's what I'll do. <laughs> yeah, but this is an open
2: this is an open course at MIT, so oh, cool. open course layer. Okay. So I, yeah.
4: I wonder how religious people would react to the Bible actually being taught as literature because literature isn't factual.
1: No, I understand right. that,
4: and where a lot of Christians look at the Bible as factual. Yeah, but
1: you see, you see, the, the the problem is, is religions, and especially Christianity, the Abrahamic religions, are by their own nature dominionist. So if you give them an inch, they will <laughs> yeah. take a foot. You know. If, um. If so I think more, that
2: yeah, I think there are some groups that would, and some groups that wouldn't, and also not, not all literature is uh, fiction. So I think they wouldn't necessarily. Mm-hmm.
6: Right. I think it, I agree. I think it depends. I have some uh, good cr- close friends of mine who are still Christian who definitely would take a class like that. And, and some who who do already. Uh, I have a good friend who's very strong Christian. He's actually a pastor, but he w- he loves he would love having like those sort of conversations about like the Psalms and the poetry of the Psalms and stuff like that. Um, So I think it just depends, like mm-hmm. Chrissy was saying, on the person and um, probably the denomination because some denominations are more yeah. extreme fundamentalist
3: oh, than others.
6: So, yeah. yeah.
2: So can I answer? I want to
6: answer. I want to answer. Of course. Answer? Mm-hmm. By all means. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I would say I would not teach the Bible. Sorry,
1: because... we ran out of time. Hey, no, man. just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. um, She's going to hate so, me. No, I do
2: already No, I do already hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I,
5: are you saying that yes. was a given before the show
2: <laughs> I've, I've listened to enough of your shows that, no i'm just joking, I'm just
1: joking. Let her I, answer I, let her okay, answer
2: okay i can leave now i'm sorry <laughs> i love you don't worry i love you um okay so then what i was gonna say is i don't think it should be taught uh as literature in high school mm-hmm. i fully I agree Yes, I think that in a university, it there's a, it serves a better, um, a different, more analy- analytical community. Mm-hmm. Um, even at the graduate level, I think, would be even more appropriate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. I think, no, the Bible should not be taught as literature until graduate school. Mm. Um, is my, because otherwise... I do think there is some confusion. There is there is still sort of this shift from Christianity to atheism in the United States. Christians still have the high, you know, the percentile, and I do mm-hmm. think that um, it wouldn't benefit our society mm-hmm. to teach it before the graduate level.
1: No, and that's a very good answer.
2: That's yeah, good answer. I agree yeah. with that,
1: lady.
5: I'm just wondering whether or not the the class could be taught in a unitarian universalist type of a setting where it could be um, taught fairly well as as literature rather than tying it to you know a, a specific Christian agenda. I think there there might be might be instances where I, you I could, think you and, you wrote too close to I, I the, the, you, the worship. I'm just I'm I'm trying to, trying to play devil's advocate. She's character. good at yeah. it. Yeah.
2: So you could do so you could do religious texts as literature and look at like a broad, you know, the so like many of the other books um, that are out there for other religions and I think that would that would be interesting but teaching yeah. focusing on the Bible specifically may not be as productive but I do think maybe maybe you've got something there Nancy maybe we should get together teach and teach all. that class yeah <laughs> there we go
1: perfect <laughs> ladies thank you so much for joining us today and giving us your expert opinion on the subject I really really appreciate that and I already feel my IQ as Growing. a couple of digits I'm in the double digits now
4: fantastic fantastic so proud of you Kevin
1: <laughs> uh, so before we go uh, if people want to find you guys uh, where can they find you what's coming up for Forsaking Faith just you know plug yourself be shameless <laughs>
6: Um. so you can find us Um. At, we have a Facebook page Forsaking Faith uh, we're on Twitter at Forsaking Faith and you can also email us Forsaking Faith at com. and Christy do you want to you can talk about what we're doing what's coming up next
2: yeah so if you want to my uh <laughs> my toddler's shouting right now um so oh, no. my so uh we do women of deconversion which is a a secular hangout on youtube mm. that is sort of where we've been putting our time our you know public time but then we will be adding more episodes episodes for forsaking faith um in the next couple of weeks Um, The next one is on relationships and sex. We had one on sex and consent, Mm -hmm. which was a much more vulnerable one. Mm -hmm. Relationships and sex is about um, embracing relationships and sex outside of the faith. Um, And then let's see what else. They can Um, fully
1: analyze Ezekiel 2320 there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) bring a donkey, too. (laughs)
2: <laughs> so you'll we'll, see us come back um slowly uh but we'll be we'll be back um shortly that's a lot of ums uh, um, it's because i have a lot of work to do behind it so my procrastination yeah. is saying um
1: perfect ladies before i let you go i gotta have you say hi this is heather and christine from forsaking faith and we took a left of the valley
2: no problem hello this is christine hi this is heather and we, took, we a took a left at the, left at the valley. valley. <laughs> oh, sorry, I don't know
6: we're just at the same.
1: That was perfect. <laughs> And that was the ladies of forsaking faith. Oh,
3: they're just great.
1: They're well, just wonderful, hey, aren't think. they?
4: Yeah, yeah. I of- I learned a ridiculously large amount in that conversation. Yeah,
1: that conversation went on and on, and you know, I had to cut it short for the time, but we probably could have kept going on this. Oh, no. there's so
4: much brain power and fun power in those.
5: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Great. I think yeah. it was a, it was a great time, and uh, you know, I was actually pleasantly surprised because I thought for sure when I asked do you think this is good literature? Do you Uh think the Bible should be considered good literature? I've totally expected no. No, this is crap. Mm -hmm. Toss it out. And you know what? I sort of wanted that answer to be that. But the
4: they changed my mind. They,
1: yeah, they yeah. basically said, no, I think, you know, this could be taught in school. And you know what? The expert opinion, you have to agree with them, okay. whether or not you like it.
4: It was a serious
5: question. And those two ladies are mm-hmm. um, go into depth and they give you, you know, the the answer that comes from their yeah. uh, their research and their education and their experience. And what comes out is brilliant. It's just great to have
1: them. Absolutely. It was, it was fun to have them and we'll have them back for sure. And uh, keep on their show, They're forsaking faith and uh we'll have him back absolutely thank you so much guys for being with us today and thank you to the listener for listening to us i really appreciate that you can find us at left dot com. you can find us on uh, facebook on twitter at LETV podcast you can send us an email at left at valley send you complaints to nancy on the third floor but don't forget to duck give us a five-star <laughs> review wherever you find us it really helps us and helps others find the show coming up okay wow look at that we're going to february already
4: where it did live The year ago
1: Yes I can't believe
4: it's already Month in
1: Yes We'll have our, our first guest Will be Andrew Jasko And we'll be talking I can't remember What we'll be talking about But i we'll, will <laughs> get back to you on Good that.
4: job Kevin
1: <laughs> And then we'll have Zach from the From Zachrilege The sacrilege Zach podcast Will be interviewing us uh, I was on the show uh, not too far uh, recently and after that on the 16th we'll have Matt Dillahunty yeah
3: oh boy yes
1: and then after that the 23rd we'll have the boys from Godless Heathens uh-huh. nice. that'll be fun uh, On in uh, March we'll have uh, a couple of guys called the uh, Skeptical Texans
3: Oh. Mm.
4: Now these
1: guys go from church to church and explain what atheism is.
4: Oh my gosh, I love it!
1: So that's going to be well, interesting Texas. to watch. How
4: could we go wrong?
5: Exactly
1: right? from Texas, right? And of course, in the marsh we'll also have historian extraordinaire Richard Carrier will be coming back. Our old friend, our old Richard. friend Richard. Yeah. I'll bring the whiskey for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. we got lots of things coming up. Sure do. Anything else we need to add? Does that's
4: it? it. Um. Oh, go watch the new Spider-Man movie. I think I mentioned it last time, but it's amazing.
1: You know, I think I preferred it when you used to see Harry Potter.
4: Okay, go read Harry Potter then. <laughs> it's amazing as well. Especially when you go watch the, like the mm. old first one, and you're like, they're so tiny. <sighs> and Hermione like you will asked. say everyone else's know, lines I know, I know, while I, she's not supposed to. I, it's I'm really funny. This.
1: Uh, let me slip you my wrist right now. Huh? Can, yeah, you yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank yep. you so much, guys. <laughs> Until next
3: time. <laughs>
1: okay, so guess remember it's uh, Christine and Deb. Hello. 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 Hi. Okay. Now I'm trying to remember which one of you two—dead, uh, not dead Heather. Jesus Christ! I'm all over the place. <laughs>
4: Good job. Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, "Who's this? Who's, who's dead?" Yeah, I didn't I, I, that at all. I've been—I've been
1: considering taking drugs lately, so I can try to start coping and do a better job. <laughs> yeah,
4: because that turned out so well last time.
1: I—I <laughs> uh, I, I forget which one of you two ladies is the one that actually graduated with the— with uh, the, uh, the, the major.
6: Me, Heather. Okay, because <laughs> yeah. me
1: doesn't say. Oh, it's her! <laughs> yeah. Fantastic.
2: She got, yeah, she's just defended, and it's official.
1: Okay, nice. well, congratulations. Yeah, almost.
6: Not quite, but almost. Yeah. Um, I um in like three weeks, I'm having my like final dissertation defense. <laughs> It, oh will. <laughs> it will. It'll be, be fine.
0: To let it be I'm
2: proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and so you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be.